1974, the first tabletop role-playing game was created. Since then, people from all around have gathered to play. Join me as we talk with RPG enthusiasts while they share their best, worst, and favorite moments. This is You Had to Be There. Hey everyone, welcome to You Had to Be There, a D&D storytelling podcast. Uh, my guest today, uh, we're probably going to be talking a bit more Pathfinder today, but as you know, that's what we do. We don't discriminate against different systems. Give it up, everybody, for Gary Engler. What's going on, man? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, so uh, so you said you play mostly Pathfinder now. Um, mm -hmm. What other systems do you do? You play other systems uh, right now, or is it mostly Pathfinder? Uh, so right now, we're pretty much splitting between Pathfinder 1, which we've been playing for eight years maybe somewhere around there uh we're also been playing some pathfinder 2 uh, cool. which recently came out and we're expanding to that and we actually are in the beginning phases of a city of mist campaign yeah um, very cool so, yeah so we're just in the process of like okay how does this work now yeah and i'm excited that i'm gonna have uh i'm gonna have ken back on after you guys finish that because we have a couple past guests kind of joining on our, our family is it's finally happening i've been like you know, we have our Discord, and the whole purpose is to, like, be able to do that and just, you know, because sometimes just things fall off for a while, and you just want to do a, a couple quick hits, and it's, it's you know, a struggle sometimes. So I feel like having that resource to be like, you know what, I'm by myself all night on Friday night. Anyone want to do something? So I think it's a cool little system we have. So I'm happy that you're joining in on that. Um, did, you, did you start off doing Pathfinder, or did you start with uh, traditional oh, no. D&D? Uh we started off with AD in the like first edition, uh, maybe maybe about seven eight years ago. Um, a buddy of ours we knew from the bar around Stevens where um at right. school, um, we would meet him at the bar. And he's like, oh yeah, you know, I played this, I GM'd this a bunch, and blah blah blah, and we get into it. Finally, like, you know, what? let's do this. Yeah. Uh, what's what's that go? Yeah. Uh, so it was it was that whole thing. It was chaos. Yeah, with. and I think um when I had uh Ken on, it was like my third episode. He he talked about that this crazy guy at the bar that was just <laughs> so. It's cool to hear that uh that story definitely aligns. Um, and so yeah, so it wasn't really what you expected it to be then in the beginning. Uh, I don't know what I expected. Um, what it really turned into, and I think the reason why I really started to like it, it was a group of friends. We would sit around, we'd get drunk, and we'd have this collective storytelling aspect of it, um, sort of sitting in, in the math department. And uh, John was just really good with sort of rolling with the punches and sure. uh, sort of turning things up. So that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, dr uh, drunks and dragons can get a little tough sometimes. <laughs> uh, I've, I've experienced, I've had a, a DM totally just, I had the, he like two days later, he was like, okay, um, what happened? I was like, good thing right before we started, you made me the lore master. And I like ran through everything. And he's like, well, that's not right at all, according to the module, but we're just going to keep it. And yeah, so that's always a good time. Um, so then when you started uh, Pathfinder, was that also with like the same group? 
Have you been mostly playing with the same group? Uh, so mostly the same group. We moved over to Pathfinder because a friend of ours won. Um, he was really big into three point five and sure. um everything. So he's like, "Oh, let's play Pathfinder," and we're like, "What is this?" Yeah, um, yeah. So so we started with it, and and I kind of feel bad for him because, um. He basically played with a group of mathematicians, and we're all like, okay, what's the rule system, and how can we screw with it? Right, right, yeah. Um, so so basically, like, it was a bunch of people like, okay, we're going to memorize the rules, we found all the online resources, which Pathfinder's fantastic for. Right. And um, we sort of ran off with it. Um, so we did that for a bunch. Uh, I think he either got sick of us, or he had some, yeah, actually, no, fairness, he had a bunch of work stuff come up. And so gotcha. that's when we started pivoting into like I would GM and other people would GM and sort of went with that. Are, do you prefer uh, GMing running games, or you do you prefer playing? Uh, it depends on what day it is. Um, there there are times where like I'll GM for a while and I love it. Then it's like okay, I'm gonna step back from this. And there are times where I'm like, no, no, I love GMing, I love the storytelling. I have this own campaign setting that I've sort of built out and we're building the world around it. Uh, that I enjoy revisiting from time to time. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what's your what's your world like? What uh, uh, so the campaign is campaign basically started around this idea that um, take like your usual like run of the mill fantasy world that the, the campaigns kind of go in. Um, they thought their world was basically the only part of the material plane that people lived on, uh, but it's not. And so okay. aliens come down one day. Um, with this big ship that sort of descends out of the heavens, and you know they've seen Ghostbusters. So when people ask you if you're a god, you say yes. Right. right. Um, <laughs> so basically, there's this seven year period where the arrived, which is this new pantheon that showed up, is sort of um, sort of doing something behind the scenes, and the campaign started at sort of what I call the fall of the arrived, where there's this uh, sudden event. Uh, because I'm terrible at naming things. Uh, there's a sudden event that happens where basically the uh, the Silver City, which is their main city, explodes. And all of a sudden people realize they're not gods. So the campaign's sort of taking place in the fallout of the realization that there are these aliens. Um, they're not alien, They're not gods, they're aliens. And sort of like the the political and chaos that's going on around that. So basically they just, it was this big eye-opening moment where they're like, oh shit, we're invaded. <laughs> kind of yes um maybe not like technically maybe not like wholly invaded like um they're coming out of nowhere but like they were lying to us and sort of what right. was their goals right. and now there there are new like aliens coming down so they're dealing with okay they're not gods what, what are they trying to do and sort of all right. these different factions that so crop up the word is out for the is it exactly. um like more space themed or is it more still medieval type themed um uh, more traditional medieval type themed just oh. with like so now like there's technology around but unless you really study or everything you have no idea what it is right um uh so it's like all these inter interactions and everything um with that so that's awesome that's that's a that's a fun twist on the story uh and i'm sure there's like a lot to uncover about whatever these like creatures were doing all this time that they were like we're your gods and you know the the world believed them uh, yeah, there, there's a whole, a whole bunch of plot hooks around that that I'm hoping that the party eventually picks up on. Yeah, that's always my fear of like, I've been the player of someone where I'm like, 
after a while, I'm like, I, I pick up the, the, you know, whoever's running the game, like, oh, I get it. You, you created this and you really want this to happen and we're not doing it. And, and we, and then we're like, oh, I guess we're going to go this way. <laughs> uh, but yeah. it can go either way. Yeah, I have a bunch of like one shots that are split across different times of, of around this time period. Cool. Just basically so like if they don't do something, I can just throw them on one shot and I can get some exposition exposition that way. Um, and I'm using this uh, system to um, uh, world anvil uh, that I'm basically using to sort of do the timeline of everything that they're doing because they've done crazy stuff and right. sort of building off that. And then is this one in Pathfinder 2 or Pathfinder 1? uh pathfinder one pathfinder one all right i haven't really like done too much what's the major differences between the two other than is it just different classes and stuff or mathematically it's, is it the same no no, no. It, it, it's um a departure um pathfinder one um it, well, people call it like math finder there, math there's finder, all yeah. um part of the reason i think i like it yeah. Uh, so there's all these different rules and everything around it, and it's a lot of rules. It's been around for a long time, and um, it, it's it's all, it started off almost like word for word 3.5, or not not word for word, but very very resembling to it. Uh, so it's gotcha. built off of that. Uh, Pathfinder two is trying to simplify it a bunch. Yeah. Um, it, it doesn't have the move standard free actions and everything Pathfinder one has. You get three actions per three round. Three actions. Okay, so that yeah. Um, there are things about it I like. There are things about it I don't like. Um, I really like how they handle multi-classing. Yeah. Um, so rather than picking like one class per level, you go in and you are a wizard, and um, you're a wizard, Harry, and you're going to be a wizard for twenty levels. Um. But how they deal with sort of the customization level to level is you choose feats and you choose class feats. That'll give you like your, your core things. So what you can do is um, multi-classing effectively. You take an archetype, which starts giving the option to replace these class feats as you go. Gotcha. So you'll still get like the core aspects of the class, but you'll be able to start adding like fire stuff or rogue stuff or everything to it uh, that's, that's built around cool. it. That's definitely a nice like change of pace. I uh I I could probably do Pathfinder 2. The the I didn't play 3.5 and I probably would never have played 3.5 cuz math is not my strong suit like the way <laughs> I I am painfully will say the the 5th edition made it very very dumbed down for people like me. I feel like it's very very basic. Um which is also why I like like the I think you said the City of Miss is D6s. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, of. like, I think you roll two d six for everything, yeah. and you add plus ones based upon like story yeah. things for it. Those ones are great too because it's just so easy. Or like d tens, they're like if you if you roll a ten, you roll that one again if it's a success. Like mm -hmm. those systems are are pretty nice for me. Um, but mm -hmm. but the Pathfinder, I it always sounds so wild when you play so much fifth edition, and then someone's like, yeah, I you know I was rolling against this, and I only rolled a thirty nine, and it didn't make it. I'm like, you know, it's just it's always like a, oh wait, forgot we're talking about that one. We're talking about that that bizarro system, but yeah, yeah. Um, a, a buddy of ours, um, in we were running Rise of the Rune Lords, and he had this paladin where he would basically do a bunch of stuff and wind up with an AC of like forty five. Yeah, 
uh, where like the enemies only ever really would hit him on a crit. That's yeah. Uh, so. I guess it all does kind of scale because that's like the equivalent of like like if you have like a twenty three AC and you know in uh, fifth edition like you, only unless you have like a like a troll with like a plus twelve to hit like you're not it's very tough. Um, I, I guess um, Pathfinder picks up what people have referred to as rocket tag, where um, as things scale the damage scales. Right. Um, so we had a couple of times where like. Um, like a disintegrate spell hits, or and I lost two characters that way, um, or like a rock giant like crits on the paladin and does like 120 damage. Right. Um. So it gets really quick where like you need the initiative boost and everything, and like combat's over quick because you hit so hard. Yeah, that and that's the other thing is that from hearing people who play Pathfinder, uh, it sounds like just don't get comfortable with your character because it seems like it's very easy to lose characters in Pathfinder. I've, you know, I've been playing uh, D&D for like two year, two and a half years now, something like that. And now it's like, or two years, and uh, I've only lost one character in a one shot. And I just, I rolled death saves and I, I lost all my death saves and that was it. Uh, and So it's just like to, to hear people like you and, and, and Ken just go like, uh, how was your session? Uh, you know, well, two of our characters died and like, it's like on a very... <laughs> repetitive basis i was like wow i just don't it's crazy to me do you like that a little more though do you like siphoning yeah. that out a little bit i i, I do I, I like there are times where it's frustrating um because like last campaign um my my one character um which was a magus uh basically um wizard fighter type hybrid class okay um i they're one of my favorites. Um, they're really good at burst damage. Mm -hmm. And um, he got hit by a disintegrate spell after going ahead of the party, and they just found dust. Right. Um, oh. So so that that was a little like... Um, this The same time... So I, I, I rolled up a, uh, a cleric because I wanted to screw with the paladin. Right. Um, so I rolled up a cleric, a uh, lawful evil cleric, who was a cleric of Asmodeus. I, I cleared this with the GM, and I made sure, sure. it wasn't going to be like too much trouble at the party. So, um, Herald Caller, which basically means you get to summon uh, creatures associated with your deity and your alignment, um, makes that really easy, and a Advocate of Asmodeus, which is basically like a lawyer. So you can use like law and everything to bluff and everything. So wow. the Paladin, at their highest sense motive, would get a 21, if they rolled a 20. Um, my lowest bluff would be like a thirty-three. So you could so just never. <laughs> Go ahead. So so like, like you could do stuff, and of course that's going to trigger the paladin being um off. But like, like just talking normally, I wouldn't have to worry about it. And there's a ring called a ring of mind shielding, which basically causes um detect evil not to not to detect. Um, so one of the first things I did meeting the paladin is like, oh, we have an accord that we're going to work together, um, because Asmodeus is like all law and all keeping your word. The paladin is all that. So right off the bat, I got something so the party could work together and that we wouldn't be like trying to kill each other. Um, so then basically, the sneaky, uh, lawful, evil cleric who's working with the paladin. But also screwing with the paladin when the paladin tries to do stuff that's really good. So that's it, it, fun back and forth. Just like plays and, it. And yeah. so because of your like essential deception, 
he could never figure out that you were actually evil? Uh, he, was... he was he he was getting ideas near the end. Um, when when I was like, oh yeah, what's so bad about keeping halfling slaves? Um, <laughs> and he and he was playing a halfling paladin. Uh-huh. Uh So like those things. Um, the setting in Pathfinder is Galarian, and uh, my cleric was from an area called Cheliax, which is like lawful evil, uh, devil worshippers. They all sold their souls to the devils. Uh, they keep slaves and everything. Um, and like the paladins of his order hate Cheliax. So it like. Clearly, I was not a good character, right? Um, but we we managed to basically get it so like okay, we play off each other and everything. Uh, we were kind of expecting a sort of showdown after after like the campaign ended, like you know, kill the BBEG. Right. Um, okay, well, we don't have to work together anymore. Right. The deal's up. Uh, yeah. But uh, my character died like three sessions before the end. Oh. Um. So I had I rolled up a new actually one session before the end. Um, How did so they I die? Up, um, so there is a spell called destruction, which is like the holy version of disintegration, and so, <laughs> uh, my second character that got turned to dust. Wow. So how'd you finish out? What did you play to finish out that one more day? Uh so I because I go to uh, Magus's a lot. I rolled up a Magus, and because we're like level seventeen. Um, Everything gets crazy at 17, the magus especially. Right. Uh, like, I can spend a swift action and basically make my sword warple. Um, so on a natural 20 confirmation, I cut off their heads. Ooh. And I kind of ruined the BBEG with that. All right. Well, you lost two characters, but you got to take the BBEG, which is good. First round. Yes. I, I, I Like, it got to the point I felt bad for the GM. Um... Wait, so, the first so the first round you just swept in and chopped off this this thing's head. Yes. Right, yeah, let's do it. Let's get right into this. Let's <laughs> All right. Um so yeah. So I'm going to try not to get too much away in case people haven't um haven't actually played this before. I don't want to ruin my, the storyline of this. My 12 listeners probably haven't played it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you never know. And you, it's yeah. it's only been out for 20 years. Spoiler alert. Uh, yeah, oh, 20 years. Oh. <laughs> Screw. Yeah. Um, I'm also not going to use the names because I'm going to screw the names if I try to. Sure. Uh, so there's this rune lord that basically is trying to do something bad. Uh, so eventually you track down to it and you go to this big room um, after going through a portal. And there's dragons. There's this guy who's an absolute tank, um, who's a wizard, but absolute tank. Mm-hmm. Um, so my character had a really high um, initiative. So I win initiative roll as we all get in there. My character also had the ability to do um, dimensional agility, which means I can cast Dimension Door and still act after the fact. Um, so, Maguses have this ability called Spell Combat, which basically means you get to do this full round action where you get all of your attacks, which get crazy, and you get to cast a spell. So, I come up with the party. We're all centered around each other. There's the enemy. Uh, so, I go Spell Combat. I cast Dimension Door, and Dimension Door the entire party right behind the BDG. And now I get, like, three or four attacks, because um, Magus at that level, and I had Boots of Speed. So I do okay. four attacks, and we roll it, and, like, the first one was a natural 20. Right. Um, and I made sure the sword was four pull, so natural 20 confirms on him, um, 
and just cuts his head off. Like he character doesn't get to act, just cuts his head off. Oh my god! And and for the GM, exactly. And I'm like, all right, does he have anything that means we can't do this to him? So we spend like ten minutes going through all the rules, and it's like, no, no, you 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 cut his head off. That's amazing. Uh, we looked at his stat block after the fact, and we're like, no, it's probably a good thing that happened. We would have died if he didn't. Yeah. Uh, Oh my gosh. Because he's got time stop. Um, so he's got time stop. He's got all these other spells, uh, like reverse gravity and all these other stuff that were like, no, we're, we're fighting over a lava pit. Yeah. Um, so oh hits God. us with reverse gravity, wind blows us over something, or all this other crazy stuff he's capable of doing. Um, so it went from probably TPK to just, um, he's right. down first round, and then we're cleaning up the dragons and everything. So Yeah, at that point, you're just like, well... That's at least that's it. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. We still have a ton of time, but I already know this. This episode's called "Off with His Head." That's for sure. Uh, <laughs> no, yeah, hasn't been used yet. So you get the first. Uh, that that's fun. See, but that is cool. So like, I I definitely could do a Pathfinder two one shot. It would because it just seems like like everything's so powerful and it's like scary and like everything is so dangerous. It seems like where like you know sometimes I mean. Of course, in any game, there can be those moments that are super dangerous and scary. But then there, there are other ones where it's just like clean sweep, like that. Though too, I don't know. It's just <laughs> the fact that you could one shot an end boss like that is just seems so unheard of. <laughs> so I, I kind of like so this was the very first uh, module uh, venture path that came out when they released Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Um. So, like, the Magus wasn't out when they released it. Um, so there was a lot of stuff that they built for, like, the very first core classes that really wasn't taken into account that, like, 10 years later they'd released the Magus, okay. who at level 15 can make their sword Borkle as long as it's slashing damage. That does make sense. And I had one, uh, my friend was uh, decided to to DM uh, Horde of the Dragon Queen um, for the first time. It was his first time DMing. And uh, he said, he said, we're only doing, you're only allowed to use what's in the player's handbook because that's what was mm. around when this came out. And it does kind of make sense because like there are some, you know, newer subclasses and all this other stuff, you know, some mm. classes can now take spells that they couldn't before. Like, you know, was, there's certain mm. things. So it does make sense, but it's still crazy that it's almost crazy that they were able to develop something that could so OP some of those original books. And it's like, all right, well. <laughs> I wonder if they can make like adjustments to them for like porting like that. I would I would imagine at the very least like have it where his head can't be cut off. Like Yeah. Like like oh, if if you were to run Rise of the Rune Lords, just have like the BBEG has something that he can't like be one shotted like that. Metal collar um, or something. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Some sort of legendary resistance where his head must remain on at all times. That's awesome. Uh, so, as a player, do you tend to go for more of? Although that that Magus is, I guess, more of a melee. But do you tend to go more wizard spellcaster? Because you said your other one was a cleric. Uh, you had your first character kind of die. Is it? Is that more your speed? So I I really like wizards. Yeah. Um, I forget. Maybe five years ago, um, six years ago. Ken, if you're in the chat, can you? Type along how long ago we did that down the river one. He might um, he might be here. Uh, 
so it was another Pathfinder game that I was starting in an area called the Riverlands. And um, it's this really chaotic neutral area. Um, so I, I started GMing it. And we got to a point where um, we introduced these rules in Pathfinder called Mythic, um, which are absolutely broken. Um, okay. Like, your characters get insanely powerful right off the bat. Um, and what we... So we did that, and I was running that with them, and they were doing their thing. And I got to that point where I'm like, I want to take a break from GMing. So basically, I talked with Ken, and Ken picked up GMing that, that campaign with the group of people. So I roll up a character with this, and I play a wizard with mythic rules. Um, it has this mythic path called uh, Archmage. Arch, Archmage. Um, one of the things, I can spend a point of mythic, rule, mythic and cast any spell that the wizard's capable of casting at the levels he can cast. Regardless if you have a prepared or not. Okay. Um, so the wizard spell list is huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so now, like, six times a day, if I want to, I can cast any wizard spell I want to. Which, as we got more powerful, I started having fun with. Yeah, that's um, pretty busted. Yes. Um, I did a lot of it to screw with the city we were in. Um, there's a spell permanent image. Um <laughs> So, That's and, already so fun. So the very first thing I did with Permanent Image in the campaign is we took over this bar called the Wise Dragon. Or we called it the Wise Dragon. And so I decide, well, if it's the Wise Dragon, we should have an advertisement for this. So I cast Permanent Image and had a like gargantuan red dragon uh, with eyeglasses because it's wise. And like a mug of beer show up in his hand just show up in the middle of the city. Which prompted a whole outcry from the militia, uh, who who freaked out. Uh, but it basically became the thing like uh, the wise dragon and a buddy of ours playing this insane gnome would make up random days to try and get people to come to our bar. Like it's militia night, the wise dragon, the first drink is half off, and everything. So it became this whole running thing of a sort of advertising for it, and then like screwing with our competitors to make them look like they win health code and stuff like that. Uh, because permanent image at that level, especially, you can basically encompass a building. Mm. Um, so, like, make buildings look like brothels, make brothels look like other things, and just completely screw with the fabric of the area around. That's awesome. That, that's such a fun spell and, like, so uh, permanent, I guess, really. But yeah. I will, like, I, I picture that, like, uh, like, you could, like, really, like, like, roadrunner somebody, like, with the, with the, the hole in the in the mountain like oh it's a tunnel this way and then just there's so much fun you can have with that that's really fun um what other uh what other games have have you guys been played like have you tried any other classes or have you mostly just stuck with your wizard uh wizard or cleric so that wizard lived for a long period of time and not just because mythic characters are incredibly hard to kill Mm. um so the wizard was mock clay um, which I think will give Ken. Well, Ken has great stories about that. Um, Magus is my usual go-to, um, just because the mix between uh, martial and spellcasting I like. Yeah, it's great. Um, no, usually, usually, though, that I'll occasionally throw in a class called Slayer, 
okay. which is a mix between a rogue and a ranger. Oh, that's a good combination. Um, and I like it. Like, it's a ranger that gets a reduced um, sneak attack, um, and they get a bunch of other stuff. That's one of my favorite classes in playing. Like now, like martial life, still want to be sneaky with. Um, a buddy of our Tom's campaign, he's we're playing Iron Gods with him. I've gone through three or four, maybe five characters in this campaign, so I have a rotating cast of different ones I play there. Um, just had my barbarian die. Um, so I was playing a barbarian in that. Um, that barbarian just got killed off. Jeez. I forget what I'm That's playing. That's amazing. Now. Do you play a little like faster and looser because you know your characters are so expendable at this point? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I mean, if you know the characters are going to die or they have a good chance of dying, you're going to do just some of the crazier stuff. Yeah. Um, so you tend to have fun with it. Um, I've killed off a bunch of Tom's characters in my campaign, um, in the fall of the arrived. Um, he plays half orcs. So we joked that I need to get a 3d printer and just have like a bunch of half orc skulls on the side of my, oh. <laughs> uh, my desk because of his characters I've killed. Um, but they, uh, we typically put a fair bit of time in creation to have fun with it. Okay, that's um, good. It just it it's so again. It's like one of the funniest things to me is just how many characters you've lost uh, in like one campaign. It's crazy. Yes, but like one of the things I guess I don't like about uh, five and even two. He does this more is the characters are too strong. It feels like like there are times where like if your character's already low a health. And like a giant comes down and hits them with um, a club, it just kind of lights out. Um, I, I mean, I get yeah. they want to be well strong, but I mean, we go unconscious a lot. I guess in my like, I've I've seen a bunch of my players. You know, I'm the I play a bard, but like a swords bard, so he's a little more melee. Actually, mostly mm -hmm. more melee. Pretty much the only time I use my spells is to keep everyone else alive. Even though I have other spells, I'll use them for other things. But but like. You know, we go down a lot for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, it just—I don't know. I guess the the double the—is it work the same way in Pathfinder? If you if you go over like like in in fifth edition, say if you have thirty hit points and you go thirty in the negative, you're outright dead, no death saves. If mm -hmm. you're just unconscious, you roll. You know, you roll your three death saves or whatever to see if you stabilize or die. Uh, so does it work similar in Pathfinder? Uh, yes. Um, not as forgiving. Right, um, okay. If you go to below your con score in negative, um, you die. That's... So, like, like, it's, like, even at, like, level 20, when you have, like, 200 hit points, if you get knocked down to negative 16, uh, your character's just dead. Yeah, that's, that's tough. That's great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That makes it way less forgiving. Uh, especially at low levels, because what is it like? You know, unless you rolled super high for your con score, uh, you know that's. We we typically play um the point by. Oh, point uh, by. Yeah, it it just makes it easier for everyone like to just create a character without having to worry about the rolls and everything because like, if the character dies, like okay, fine, you know, we're not gonna have sit down do the rolls and everything when you're doing this. Sure. Um, makes it a little bit easier. We we kind of do it on the honor system. We don't really do the you know, and I and you know it, it shows because like I well at least for me at least because I 
I've done point buy and I, I it is easier. Um, I like rolling because I love mm. having one stat that's just so stupid low. Like, like if I, you know, I've had yeah. I think two characters where I've had either like a minus three or a minus two on charisma, and it's just it's hilarious to me. Or just they're super dumb. Um, mm-hmm. and on my list of things is to probably tank uh wisdom at one point in time but probably for a one shot because that's the worst stat you could ever tank probably one of them besides cons i would always i generally feel like my barbarians that tank wisdom Mm -hmm. and it's always like well once this character gets dominated it's gonna wipe the party because it's so hard yeah i i always wonder that because i know like i play with people and they you know i think uh i don't run games that much but like I I do see the holes in things. I'm like, all right, so they have a high armor class. So what? I was like, charisma save. Take that. Take that. You know, mm-hmm. like, or wisdom save. You know, it's, don't hit them. Don't try to hit them. It's not going to work. You know that. So, uh, yeah, it's a, I think it's a, a, a tough situation for some. Um, but I guess it also, it, once again, it depends on those, because lower levels, you're not going to have, you're not going to face a goblin with, you know, dominate person. It's just not going to be there. So, right. uh Toss. Do you ever like get snagged up in your games? Like, what is your your like your style of of running games? Do you tend to make things like super tough, or do you balance it differently? I tried to balance. Um, there's been a couple times where I've had to walk back in the middle of an encounter. I'm like, I did not mean for this to be a party wipe. Yeah. Um, I'm like, guys, come on, please do something that causes them to want to run away. Yeah. Um, I. I I generally try to balance them where they're tough encounters. I'll give them some weak ones. Um, it also depends on what they're facing. Um, if like they've been active in an area, like the enemies are more likely to know stuff about them. Um, like you know, like you were saying, if you have insanely high armor class, you're going to try and do something that causes them to get like a reflex save or something. Yeah, else. yeah, a trap or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I I like the the counters on the edge of disaster. Um, yeah. not not all of them, of course, but like building up to it every like couple of sessions. So I try to go with that. That's cool. Yeah, it did happen. My again, my friend who just started running games, it you know just there was just one combat where I think he just like flipped through the back and picked some enemies and put them down. And after like the first round, he like looked down and like you know we've we do it monthly, so we've only played these characters a few times. We bought minis because it's our first like in game in-person mm-hmm. one and he just like looked down and he looked up and he just kind of was like all right here's the deal you guys can <laughs> he was like you guys can run and we can continue to play this or you can all stay here and die and we were just like that's what we thought and then we just did and like you know i don't think he should do that every time but since it was his like first little bugaboo he's like whoopsie uh and yeah it's it's necessary and uh i'm glad yeah. he did that because I, I i like my mini and i i didn't want to get rid of it yet <laughs> Uh, Pat, Pathfinder has a bunch of really good resources online where you can search for like challenge rating and everything. Yeah. Um, so like especially when you get used to it, it gets really it gets easier. Let's go with to be able to pull an encounter out. Um, like I'll have a bunch of different uh, windows up on my screen while I'm doing that. Um, but yeah, there there's still some times where like it's oh, this challenge rating shouldn't be a problem. But it's got this one ability which will just completely screw with the party, even though it's not that. Um, what was the character I had to walk back? Um, it was this undead 
undead creature uh, that has a gaze attack. And um, it was like a CR up level above, so you know, a harder encounter, but shouldn't be like a white party or anything. Until I remembered how, looked into it after the fact of how gaze attacks work. Where it's not just something it decides I'm going to gaze you. It's everybody within 30 feet needs to make this save. Oh, it's like and a cone, right? This... Or is it a straight no, no, line? No, no, it's a 30-foot circle around Ooh. that if you look at this thing, oh, especially okay. if you look in the eyes, you're, you're, you have to make the save against it. Right. And the save was something crazy uh, for what it did. Um, so it's one of those looking at going, oh, crap. Um, so I'm like, oh, yeah, um, it's afraid of light. So it's staying back in the woods here and <laughs> stuff like that. Like, yeah, it's not going to charge you. Oops. Right. That's cool. Um, what other uh, fun? So you've been playing for, for quite a while. Uh, what other fun <laughs> stories? It doesn't even have to be current campaigns or anything like that. I love just what are you, some of your favorite uh, moments or things? Uh, so going back to the campaign that Ken was running uh, in Corvosa. Uh, that was this was the mythic campaign. Sure. Um, an eighth level spell wizards get is polymorph any object. Um, object. Yeah. Um, That's cool. And and any object and like you can turn a chair into a manticore. Oh boy. Um, I have one question with that. So. Because you have turned a chair into a manticore and it's officially a manticore, does it know to be friendly with you? Mm. Okay, well, that's fun. Okay, that's it's chaotic. Go ahead. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, this character chaotic neutral. Um, he was a worshiper of uh, the Lantern King, which is like this prankster who's doing all the is prankster fey lord who's doing all these pranks with some larger plan involved. But people at least think there's a larger plan involved. And actually wound up becoming a, becoming a demigod of the Lantern King. Um, uh, Mythic is crazy. Yeah, um, sounds crazy. So we were, um, our, we pissed off the queen. Um, queen was a BBEG in her own right. Um, sure. We, we pissed her off. And she sends a bunch of her gray maidens at us at the bar. And they're like, they, they, they surround the bar, come out, surrender, blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, no. And right. like, this is a bunch of higher level chaotic players already. Um, so we've, we've laid traps in here. We've reinforced this. Uh, we've done a bunch of stuff that like, we had extra gold, so why not? So we know they're coming in through the doors. So I turn the doors into mimics. Uh, <laughs> nice. So like, the doors are mimics in this, and the whole time I can just teleport out of here. Like I don't have right. to be here. Um, so the doors are mimics doing this, like, like created all these random like uh, iron walls over the place. We're like, yeah, come at us. Um, so there was that. Um, later on, we eventually go after the queen. Um, going in the palace, leading a revolution. And um, as we go through and we're about to go in the main door, I'm like, well, let's, let's make this interesting. So I polymorph the main doors into the thing, into owlbears, and basically pushed a bunch of owlbears in front of us <laughs> into this thing. Oh, my gosh. I, th I, I, I think Ken was just like, oh, God 
That's such like, a fun spell. Oh my god, I wish if I yeah. could take one spell from Pathfinder and put it in 5th edition, I think it'd be that one polymorph object. That's so funny. I, uh, I think my man. favorite I think my favorite use of that was the king was assassinated. Um so everyone's like the king is dead, the king is dead. Oh no. But no one was really sure. Everyone assumed it was because he hasn't been seen. So I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, I, I'd been in the city before. I'd seen the king. So I found a donkey. And I polymorphed the donkey into a naked version of the king and just sent him <laughs> wandering around the city. <laughs> the king's not dead. And with the way it works and the level I was, I'm pretty sure it was permanent. So there was just this donkey who's all of a sudden the king of the city. So it goes on for a little. Go oh, ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. So it goes on for a little bit, and I think it's like, and then an assassin shows up, and the king is now dead again. <laughs> so, so the, the so the, the king was just killed in the middle of like this town square. Well, now it's official. The king, uh, the king, king is, is dead. dead. Uh, did it like communicate, or did it like no donkey it, noise? Uh, uh, because it already had a mind, I, I don't think it could really talk at all. I, f- I forget exactly what it can do. Running around, uh, kicking it, things. <laughs> it, it was at this point in time. I think it was just mostly confused. Yeah, it's like what? What is this? That's so funny. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. What are, What are your other favorite spells that the wizards get to do in in Pathfinder? Because I'm. Oh, I, I love um, I love these different spells. I know so many of the other spells, but uh, I'm I'm pretty blind to the the differentiations in pathfinder of ways to screw with people like you can always go like the blaster class of like okay you know like i'm gonna do like the semigram i'm gonna do something crazy right right um if you're creative you can get around a lot of like the saves that these normal blasting things would do especially if, if you can prepare so i think one of my favorite mixes i don't think i ever got to do this and I actually just said uh, mythic fail Full polymorph. Ah, yeah, that that is another one I wanted to do. Um, All right, so, so let me finish tell them that me. one, and then we'll we'll do the other. We'll, we'll do that one last, and then we'll uh, then we'll wrap this up. So, there's a spell reverse gravity, ah. uh, which does which yep. forces everything up. That's awesome. Um, especially if they're on a flat plane, nothing to grab onto. There's no save. Yeah, they just get thrown in the yep. air, and they can't do anything about it. That's awesome. Um, so there's a spell time stop, which gives you extra rounds to act. There's also a spell, uh, Prismatic Wall, which creates a seven-layer wall, which pretty much destroys anything that passes through it. So okay. you cast you cast the wall above everybody. Oh, then God. you cast Reverse Gravity, and you force them pop, up pop, through pop, the wall. Pop, pop. Oh, <laughs> that's tricky. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So like, oh, I love yeah. that. Though. Like I love um, setting things up in like weird ways. I I do mm-hmm. like that, and um. I think my next character is going to be more martial. I think I'm going to play like a barbarian because I've been doing a lot of casters. But like mm-hmm. like m- one of my favorite classes in 5th edition is the Sorcerer because it's one of the only classes where you can really take these spells and get really weird with them. And like I like getting <laughs> weird with spells, like twinning a polymorph yes. or things like that, like being able to do that. Um, so like that, yeah. but then you can also set it up. There's like different ways to like set up different things and you know you, there's mm-hmm. ways to do it all over the place but all right so what's uh what's mythic baleful polymorph <laughs> so um this is a higher level mythic well, you have to be like a seventh or eighth tier together the one that he's talking about okay it basically turns you into a fairy tale villain um 
Okay. So Baleful Polymorph usually is, I look at you, I cast Baleful Polymorph, and if you fail the saves, you turn into an animal and you think you're the animal. Um, so uh, Bakley for a long period of time was turning people into crabs or fireflies. Um, because Firefly was an emblem of his god. So you're now an emblem of my god floating around the city. Um, what this does is we'll do this to everybody who is 8th level or 10th level, I think 10th level and below, within a 5-mile radius. So you effectively can, at this point in time, snap your fingers and turn an entire city and... Basically, almost everyone's under level 10. Turn an yeah. entire city into, like, uh, woodland creatures. That's that's really funny. So just, uh, I, yeah. I never got the opportunity to cast it. I, I think near the end there, Ken was purposely not giving us the that last level of Mythic. So he wouldn't have to deal with the fallout just, of me turning an entire metropolis into Yeah, creatures. even just, like, you said five miles? Uh, it might be one mile, it might be one five mile. miles. It doesn't afraid, matter. Afraid That's exactly. like, you can walk into a dungeon and turn every villain in that dungeon into, well, oh, okay, under level 10. So you can turn, <laughs> Ken said my lips are sealed, so you're probably <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, you could turn a lot of smaller things and smaller problems in there, you know, a lot of minions probably. You just, like you, you were saying, to- but... Could be a necromancer can, protected by a bunch of like zombie, like regular zombies, and then next thing is there's like, well, they're munch, they're uh, you know, chipmunks now, and like, yes, but Mockley would have used it more for like, okay, there's a city he doesn't like or they did something to bother him, so yeah. he's just going to go there and screw with their entire economy or something like that, and <laughs> it's not even holding them for hostage. It's like, haha, prank. Yeah, it's like, what are you, what are you doing about all these cockroaches? What cockroaches? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, I love that man. Uh, all right. Um, did you have any other? I don't. I don't. I, we have a few minutes, but if you did, if you had any other major stories you wanted to bring up, otherwise we can wrap this uh, wrap this up. Uh, I got others from our very first campaign, uh, but those are longer, and um, I'll save them for a different time. Okay. All right. We could do that. I, I'd love to have you back on again. I'm starting to make my rounds, bringing back some past guests. Uh, been a little over a year now doing this crazy thing. So um, I know in the beginning you said you didn't have anything, but if there's anything you would like to plug, now would be the time. Nothing I can think of. That's cool. Uh, and you're like you said, you're you're smart and you stay off social media like a smart person. For the most part. For the most part, yeah. I think, you know, I don't know if you want to... I feel like the one that you can get away with, because like most people don't post on it, a lot of people just go to watch is like TikTok, because it's just so weird. But like, yeah, I spent too much time there. Uh, yeah. I have an Instagram, but mostly it's me taking pictures of like Central Park. But see, that's cool. That's cool. It's low. <laughs> it's not offensive. It's not taking any hard stands. Just some pretty pictures of Central Park. And that's what that's the wholesome content we do need. So you're you're an unsung hero because <laughs> uh, because most things are just a total dumpster fire. But all right, cool. Yeah. Well, Gary, thanks for thanks for hanging out with me and, and talking some fun stories. Hopefully I'll. Uh, meet you in person through the grapevine maybe you know maybe we'll do a, a short thing one day um so thanks again for for coming on i'm gonna do some sign-offs and then we'll get you out of here uh our, uh all right everyone that was uh it's been another episode of you had to be there thanks for hanging out i see a few of you hanging out in the chat live here on twitch where you can watch us if you're listening to the audio or on youtube right now we go live on twitch you had to be there podcast 
pretty much when I go live is when I have a guest. Um, but you can also catch us on YouTube uh, and pretty much audio versions on any pretty much podcasting site. And uh, if you want to be a guest, you can hit me up on Twitter at tdesillascomedy, or you can shoot me an email at you had to be there, dndpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, follow me on Instagram for stand-up comedy dates, and yeah, we'll leave it at that today. All right, thanks everyone. This has been You Had to Be There with Gary Engler. Bye, y'all. <laughs>